International Orienteering Podcast Mapping Compass Navigation Skill Orienteering Competition like International Orienteering Podcast International Orienteering Podcast Your weekly podcast is back again and actually I think as Premier League we can call this a new season Ivo did you know that? Yeah, so we are entering now the the autumn season, uh, and the autumn season of orienteering is always uh, a beautiful period with uh, a lot of nice races. So we have some intense months ahead of us here. Yeah, but I mean that uh, this is we are going into the second season of even national orienteering podcast also with this. Oh episode. yeah, that's true. Yeah, we had our first just before the European Champs last year, uh, early August. Last year, so yeah, that's true. We are now over a year uh, going here, so that's good. But uh, one of our missions was uh, not to talk uh, too much about ourselves, uh, but uh, talk about orienteering. So we need to um, jump uh, quickly to the news. Uh, don't you think that? Yeah, we have some small news uh, updates this week. Uh, oh, very interesting. Uh, we can start with the, the coaches conference that was held in Austria. Yeah, the, it was uh, this uh, conference with a lot of uh, national team coaches telling uh, presentations about their uh, philosophy and uh, what they think about orienteering in the future uh, uh, there in Austria. And uh, this was the third time they had this uh, conference. Uh, um, and um, actually, uh, I was not uh, there and I did not uh, even follow it uh, by link but uh, there is uh, some presentations from the conference that I've enjoyed uh, reading afterwards uh, and uh, yeah it's uh, lots of competent uh, orienteering coaches from uh, most of the top nations uh, sharing their thoughts about orienteering in the future and telling about uh, what their uh, advantages and challenges in their, their own country. Have you taken a look at those uh, presentations, uh, Eva? Yeah, I haven't quite worked my way through all of them, uh, but there is a lot of interesting points uh, I've seen so far. So uh, I will look forward to, to maybe have a little bit more reading time after we have recorded this podcast. Yeah, uh, I, we recommend that uh, to every listener also. Uh, listen through the podcast and then uh, dig down in the material from the coaching conference. Um, and one thing, uh, yeah, we should we should just tell that uh, you should be able to find it quite easily on the website of the Austrian Euro Orienteering Federation. Yeah, it's uh, quite uh, quite easy to find it there. Um, Austrian is a uh, country that we will see a lot from in the future after Yannick Bonnek uh, has uh, broken the 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 limit when he was winning uh, yeah, his first. Uh, World Cup uh, victory last week. Uh, but one who also uh, break limits is Megan Keith, the former orienteering world champion in uh, junior class from uh, Denmark in uh, the relay in 2019, I think. Yeah, with uh, with her British teammates uh, Fiona Bunn and uh, Grace Molloy in the relay. They took a slightly surprising victory. Uh, but that was a great jaywalk for, for Great Britain and that's the last we've seen of Megan Keith in international orienteering. And after that, she's been going down the athletics road. 
yeah uh, and uh, she has actually um, yeah she will uh, represent uh, great britain in the world champs and she will run 5000 meters uh, and she credits orienteering for encouraging her to focus on her running career actually so yeah uh, it will be exciting to see her her on the on the big stage in uh, budapest in uh, next week but uh, yeah maybe also could we maybe see her on the knockout sprint uh, at the home uh, world champs next year? That would be exciting. Uh, or what do you think? That would have been really, really interesting. So she's running, I think she's run 14.56 in a 5K this year. So her running capacity is insane uh, if you compare it with your orienteers, of course. Uh, I think she's, unfortunately, she's a little bit too good in athletics. So I think next year, the Olympics in Paris could be a realistic goal for her. Uh, if she was maybe 10, 15 seconds slower and the Olympics would feel out of reach, uh, then we might could have seen her doing a, a small orienteering comeback aiming for the knockout sprint at home ground in Scotland next year. But I don't see it happening, unfortunately. Uh, no, that would have been exciting. Uh, but about uh, orienteering, uh, taking part in uh, running uh, races, uh, we had... Uh... Uh, a lot of them, or at least uh, a hand of them, uh, in the Sierra-Sinal uh, great uh, mountain race in uh, Switzerland this uh, weekend. Both uh, Matthias Kubots, Joey Haddon, Chris Jones and uh, Morten Boström uh, was there. And uh, also Judith Vidar uh, and Andrew Blanas uh, was uh, entered, but uh, uh, none of them uh, showed up because of... Uh, illness or uh, was it illness also for uh, Blanas? Yeah, I think he's been struggling a little bit with his form uh, in the in the early summers. I think he's been taking a small break from competition. Uh, so he was the last year's winner and of course Judith Wieder, if she would have been on the start list, she would have been a strong, strong contender for, for a top position. So the two best with orienteering connections, they they were out before, uh, before the start of the race. So Matthias Kibos was the best Orienteer uh, in place 11, 12 minutes down um, on the winner. I don't remember if it was a Kenyan winner or a Ugandan winner, or uh, I think it was an African guy at least. Uh, but yeah, not the best time from Kibbutz. Uh, a few minutes behind what he did six, seven years ago. Uh, 10 minutes behind Andreu's time from last year. Uh, but of course, uh, CXNL, it's a super tough race. So it's a very strong start field and yeah, he 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 wrote on his Facebook that uh, yeah, he, it's it's not an easy race uh, at the end of a busy orienteering summer and without specific preparation. Uh, but it's a yeah, it's always a nice a nice race to take part in. A lot of spectators, quite cool uh, course with uh, nice views in Switzerland, and yeah, also a good training session. Um, but yeah, I mean a week week after a tough World Cup round in Czech Republic, uh, you're not going to perform your best in, in such a race. Uh, no, but uh, I mean, uh, I think it's, uh, yeah, it's a really nice race to take part in and uh, they got some uh, yeah, good racing under the belt. Uh, they're both uh, uh, Matthias and uh, Joey. And uh, yeah, Chris Jones uh, uh, was, uh, uh, yeah, we have to mention Joey Haddon. He was uh, number 15 uh, uh, one and a half minute down on his teammates in the national team, Kibbutz there. And uh, Chris Jones, he was uh, uh, almost five minutes down on uh, on Joey Hadorn again. Uh, I, I was a bit surprised. I would have thought that uh, 
Chris would have performed better here. Yeah, uh, Chris was in good form for the the world champs in trail running uh, a month ago, but uh, I think he's been writing on social media that his his form isn't as good now as it was earlier in the year. Uh, but I mean, it's uh, it's it's a really tough race when you're not in top top form. Uh, so I can I can imagine that uh, when you're entering a race like this and you know that you're not at your best, it's a, it's a hard mental mental uh, situation and but therefore with Chris Jones it's very interesting to see if he's showing up for the sprint European champs in in two months time yeah yeah it will be interesting uh, to see and uh, yeah and then if he is going for the world champs uh, in home soil uh, next year uh, in the women's class um, we had also uh, orienteering uh, runner there uh, Sabina Hosvet uh, she was number 20 uh, 25 minutes down on the winner. The, this was a uh, uh, yeah, half Norwegian cross-country skier, Sofia Lokli. She's living in Norway, but she's representing um, um, uh, USA in the cross-country tracks during winter. Yeah, and, and for Sabine, it's the same as for the for Kibbutz and Hadorn. I mean, we've been running the World Championship. We have a full weekend with races in in Czech Republic World Cup races and then just going here for, for the sake of a good training session. Uh, so, yeah, I, I don't think we should put too much uh, into the results here. No, but I mean, it's really good for volunteers to take part in running races uh, when they have uh, time and it fits in the schedule because, uh, yeah, it's uh, they, uh, yeah mental. Uh, uh, it's another uh, kind of uh, tough racing and it's uh, tough to put yourself in that uh, position uh, even if you're uh, not 100% uh, prepared um, but uh, do you think uh, the guys and uh, girls in uh, the World Masters in uh, Kusice in Slovakia, do, do, th- do you think they have 100% prepared and have you seen anything, they have been uh, running uh, one qualifier and a final in sprint uh, as we are recording here yeah, I mean, uh, I of course I always uh, look through the results for you know to see to see some uh, old legends uh, and always with these uh, champs, uh, my highest uh, attention goes to the classes for the oldest. Uh, I think in the sprint race we had double digit runners of uh, yeah of, of orienteers in the men ninety. Uh, with the Uring, the father of Uring and Peo Bengtsson as uh, the standout name, uh, and I think yeah, I mean I'm I'm feeling I'm feeling older for every year that goes, but I have a long way to go until men ninety, so that's very motivating. Yeah, I met uh, Peo uh, in uh, World Champs last year, and he said to me, uh, "You know, uh, Haugen, as he called me, it's really tough this year. I- I'm uh, I'm last year in the men eighty five, but next year." I'm first year in age uh, 90, so so that will be a good year for me. So uh, if I can run uh, orienteering when I'm 90, I, I, I will be really happy. Uh, but um, there was a jaywalking Kosice, same place, um, 10 or 11 years ago. And in that sprint, uh, there was a, a former world champion uh, in the senior class, Tuva Alexanderson. I think she had the best uh, leg time in all the legs in the sprint in that uh, jaywalk. That's that's quite impressive. That sounds uh, a bit too good to be true, but uh, I, I, I can't fact you on that. 
fact check you on that one. For the sake of the story, let's say that's true. It's I, I don't joke on that one. It's much joking, but not on uh, orienteering. You can um, can joke uh, on whatever you want, but not on uh, orienteering results. And uh, when it's uh, when it comes to the weekend now, we have uh, some prestigious racing in up in northern uh, uh, Sweden. Uh, do you call it uh, northern Sweden when we are uh, talking about Övik uh, or Örnsköldsvik, where the Swedish champs in long distance will uh, take place? Yeah, you know, I I lived uh, six years in in Stockholm and Södertälje, so everything north of Uppsala is uh, is north of Sweden. Uh, so yeah, uh, Uring in 2018 was in Örnsköldsvik, and now they have the Swedish Championship long distance. Uh, I think we can expect a very very nice terrain. Uh, I look forward to watch the GPS and yeah, look at the courses because it should be a, a good possibility to have some nice long legs and combined with really really tricky technical orienteering on 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 some very detailed hills and uh, the swedish champs uh, there are real prestige uh, to win there uh, same as in uh, norway and finland uh, i would say yeah of course um, when you when you take away the international events uh, the national championships are the biggest races you can run as an individual orienteer uh, and of course it's the swedish the Swedish champs, there is always very, very high level. Uh, there is always a lot of good runners that have been yeah, struggling a bit in this earlier season, not been able to qualify enough for the international races. Uh, and always then the yeah, the Swedish champs in the autumn is like a ch- second chance to prove that you're that you're still really, 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 really good. Uh, and the depth in Swedish orienteering is really good. So even if there are quite a lot of national team runners missing, uh, the level of the of the of the start list is uh, is really really good. Yeah, you're talking about runners uh, missing. Uh, I I uh, as I said, uh, I uh, like to be precise. Uh, uh, who is missing actually? Yeah, so just from a quick scan of the list of entered runners, uh, I, I if we start with the women's, I can't find Sarah Hagström, I can't find Johanna Riedfeldt, Caroline Olsson, Lina Strand, Sanna Fast, Elin Monson, Emma Biesmo. Uh, that's quite a lot of runners that be, have been running a lot internationally for Sweden uh, the last few years, and some of them with extremely good results. Um, so yeah, but we have we will have a really good fight between two Alexandersson and Hanna Lundberg, I think. So yeah, I think that the missing the missing runners they are they are not uh, yeah they are not devaluating the uh, the race. I mean, if you want to become Swedish champion, you have to beat uh, two Alexandersson. Uh, and that we will see if someone can manage. Uh, we will come in and uh, talk more about that later. But uh, the last you men- mentioned there, Biasmo, she will run in uh, Belgium this uh, weekend. Um, uh, in the men's class, uh, uh, there is also some uh, missing uh, names. Yeah, uh, some of the big names. Uh, Albin Riedfeldt is not there. Max Peter Beimer is not there. Isaac von Kusenscherner is missing. And quite a lot of the guys from the Swedish development national team, uh, the younger ones, Axel Elmbla, Axel Grandqvist, Henrik Johansson, uh, and also a guy like Eskil Schinneberg that could have been participating, uh, is not is not on the start list. Um, but yeah, the depth in Sweden is so so good. So we will have some yeah some some really tough battles here uh, and a lot of strong outsiders uh, to challenge the the top 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 runners. 
But I have to say I'm a bit uh, disappointed. Uh, there's so many uh, national team runners missing. Uh, it's a too tough uh, schedule this uh, in this uh, August, uh, straight after Uvingen uh, and uh, the World Cup. Or uh, are they prioritizing sprint training? Uh, what do you think? Yeah, I think uh, I think it's different reason for different runners. Uh, I can imagine that some runners uh, are prioritizing the, the upcoming sprint races. Uh, for example, Lisa Kuntrus and Sharon are Axel Granqvist and runners like that. Uh, and then for other ride runners like uh, Albin Riedfeldt, Johanna Riedfeldt, that are not really sprint specialists or probably not even have big ambitions for European champs, uh, uh, there might be some other reasons. Uh, I don't know. No, they can handle uh, it. Probably could be that they are prioritizing the middle and relay or something like that. Yeah. The, but at least we have a really strong field because because the depth, depth in uh, Swedish uh, orienteering uh, are so good. And as we uh, used to do, uh, we will have some qualified guesses on, of uh, who will take this home. Yes, yeah, so if we start with the women's class, I expect a fight between Tove Alexandersson and Hanna Lundberg. Uh, of course, Tove has to be the big favorite, but I think it's going to be close. Uh, and Hanna Lundberg, she is... Uh, yeah, uh, she's a local up north there, um, so I I I hope she can really challenge Tove this week. So that when you, those of us who are sitting at home following the race and live results and GPS tracking can see a really close battle, uh, it would be fun if Lundberg can win. Uh, but I think Tove takes it. So one to Valkanderson, two Hanna Lundberg, and then I go with Lisa Rispe in third place. She showed good form in Czech Republic. Uh, this is her last season on. On, on top level, so one of her last chance to win uh, another Swedish champ medal. Uh, yeah, it's uh, it's not uh, a crazy guess, uh, that one. And in the men's class? Yeah, I'm not going crazy here either. Uh, I think in general, uh, the long distance races, the favorites are more often than not uh, succeeding. So I'm going quite basic here. Uh, but I'm going with Emil Svensk ahead of Gustav Bergman. Uh, Gustav has been winning five Swedish champs in a, in a row in long distance. And I think his, his streak is going to get broken here. Uh, and then I've gone for Viktor Svensk in third place. Yeah, uh, it would have been more crazy if you have uh, 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 switched those uh, two Svensk brothers. Uh, uh, that, that would be interesting. But I hope we can see Viktor challenging uh, the older guys, we might uh, call them. Uh, in uh, Yeah, and I think... On the men's side, there is a lot of interesting runners. Uh, Anthony Wanson have had a great season. Uh, there is uh, uh, plenty of other good runners. Uh, Jonathan Gustafsson uh, have had a very good season in the sprint races, but also been quite strong in the forest in the spring. So it would be interesting to see what he can do here. Uh, and then there is, of course, maybe five, six, seven other guys that can be very realistic challengers for a medal. Uh, but I uh, took a chat with uh, uh, I uh, I would call him the king of the Swedish champs, uh, and uh, I think uh, he agreed. Uh, Gustav Bergman. Uh, it's interesting to listen to what he look forward to this uh, weekend and this autumn. Uh, I think we should listen. Here you have him. Our interior podcast uh, are so lucky that we have uh, Gustav Bergman uh, with us here. Uh, how are you, Gustav? One week after a tough uh, competition weekend in uh, Czech Republic. 
Yeah, yeah. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm feeling quite, quite good actually. Of course, I, I, it was a rough couple of days just after, but uh, I feel like I've been uh, training quite well this week, and it's been uh, working quite well. Yeah, it worked uh, quite well for you also in the Czech Republic. Uh, uh, how, uh, yeah, how will yourself uh, evaluate uh, the races there? Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm obviously very happy. Like I was a bit surprised that the the individual sprint was so good. I I haven't trained sprint since since last year almost. Uh, but I'm I'm delighted with that, of course. And then uh, yeah, m- the middle distance was was all right. Like no big mistakes. I had hoped to be a bit higher, but it was fine. Uh, and then of course really happy with the long distance. It was it was super tough, and I'm I'm happy that I. Could manage to do such a good performance. Yeah, you were number three there, uh, and uh, yeah, a really good sprint also. But uh, yeah, the long distance uh, and the sprint uh, brought you up in uh, in a third position overall in the World Cup. Uh, uh, yeah, and that will be good uh, answers uh, before the rest of the autumn. Yeah, for sure, for sure. I've uh, you know I've, I've uh, struggled a bit with my shape like during walk, uh, which is not the the week you that you want to to be in bad shape on so but it it feels feels really good to have turned it around and and be up and going again yeah how come you turn it around uh, you you did not participate in ooring and uh, that you used to uh, is that the reason or did you relax uh, what did you do in between the walk and uh, this world cup round yeah i think i think one of the reasons is that i got because i i had so much back problems during the walk week uh, and the week before, and I think just the time to heal from that helped me a lot. But also to be home and train and not stress the body with high intensity stuff, just taking it, going a bit slower and finding my routines. I think that was key uh, for sure. Uh, so I'm happy with my decision not to run a wooding in. Uh, but yeah, it's always you always get the feeling that you're missing out because I really much wanted to run it as well. But that feel like that was a good decision yeah it, it's, you have not uh, you can run a parallel scenario but uh, the results in Czech Republic was uh, at least uh, really good and now we're coming up uh, some uh, yeah uh, national uh, champs uh, as it used to in the autumn and uh, and you used to be the can I call you the king of the Swedish champs yeah I, I guess you can like I've, I've been doing really really well there the last couple of years and like I, yeah, yeah, of course. <laughs> so, so I've been better than than expected. I think I, I've had a really good streak. I think I won five long distance champs in a row. Yeah, uh, that, that was a quiz I should uh, take on you. But uh, yeah, you have five uh, long distances in a row. But do, do you know how many gold medals you have in uh, Swedish uh, champs overall? No, I don't. I don't know. Like I, I could guess. That it should be somewhere around maybe 15, 20, something. Uh, but I don't really know. I don't keep count. No, I, I, just, uh, I just looked at the long distance. Because it's long distance coming up now this uh, weekend yeah, yeah. here. Long distance, I think it, in long distance, I think it's six as a senior. Yeah, yeah. And uh, five in a row now. Uh, last, exactly. year, last year, it was uh, two horse race uh, with you uh, against uh, Emil Svansk, uh, 
Uh, how do you look at uh, the upcoming weekend with the long distance there? Oh, it's going to be so super fun. It's in in Örnsköldsvik in northern Sweden, which is you know fantastic terrain. Uh, so I'm really really looking forward to it. It's going to be tough for sure, but I feel like the terrain suits me really well. Uh, so I'm I'm going to be like I'm going to be doing good races, and then we'll see what the others can manage. But uh, we are, you know, the the Swedish team at the moment is really really strong, and the the competition there is going to be fierce. So you know, I'm going to do do my thing, and we'll see how far it gets me. Yeah, yeah. How how will you uh, you know there's a qualifier uh, at, at Saturday and. Uh final uh will you go uh, go all out in the qualifier to get a best uh, possible start position in the final or would you just uh, get uh, 80% or something like that to uh, control uh, into the final yeah i, I will for, for sure not go 100% all in uh but i will i will go quite hard i like uh, having a good starting position for the sunday and you know if you if i do a good race on on the Saturday and not maybe push everything. It should still be enough for like a top three maybe in the qualifier, and then we'll see for the final. Uh, but it's all, always as always, it's just speculation. Maybe I miss the first control with three minutes and I get really stressed and have to push really hard uh, on the qualifier. We'll see. We'll see. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, that that will be a uh, really great uh, to follow, uh, and it's a tough uh, weekend with. Um qualifier on f- and final uh, in two days uh, then uh, then it's uh, middle and um, and relay the the weekend after and uh, how is that for you yeah uh, i'm actually not running this year for the first time in my life i think not skipping that weekend uh, which feels super weird uh, um it would have been so much fun to race but uh, i'm i mean i'm going to a wedding instead and uh, so that's how it is uh it feels as i said really strange uh, but it's a new experience to, to stand on the sidelines yeah li- life has uh, more than orienteering but uh i uh, assume we will see you uh, in the national team suit uh, later in this autumn uh, uh when you know as i said uh, number three overall in the world cup uh, how, how do you look uh, uh, at it uh, in front of the europeans uh will decide the overall World Cup uh, as, uh, as uh, together that this uh, European champs in Italy. Yeah, yeah, it's going to be tough for sure. Like I'm, I'm obviously aiming to to go there and defend my third place in the overall World Cup. Uh, firstly, we'll see how the selections will go. We have selection races the first week of September here in it's in Avesta in Dalarna in Sweden. Uh, I, I we haven't I haven't really spoken to the coaches yet on, on how uh, how they want me to perform there at the selection races, but I guess since I'm top three in the overall World Cup, I should be uh, it should be looking good for me to run everything at least at the European Champs, which is you know if you're from Sweden in this this massive composite competition we have among the places, it's not a given. Uh, but um, yeah, I'm looking forward to it. Like it's. Uh, it's going to be a challenge to switch over to sprint now. Um, I'm going to do my best. I feel like I last year succeeded really well with that, and I'm trying to do the same thing now. Uh, and we'll see how far that gets me. Yeah, we know that you're a really good uh, sprinter in theory. As uh, as uh, answer to that is the uh, second place in uh, Czech and also the silver medal in uh, Wuk last year and the uh, bronze medal in 
Europeans the year before there. So, uh, but when you say you uh, changed focus to sprint, what does that mean in uh, in uh, in clean words? Uh, what uh, in what other kind of training do you do then? Uh, like in general, I'd, it's not that much difference. Uh, I switch a bit focus on my uh, my harder sessions during the week. Like usually. This is very broad term speaking, but usually I do four tough sessions every week. Uh, and two of those are usually focused on what I want to improve. Uh, so like this winter, I had always two steep hill hill sessions, hill intervals. Uh, and the winter before that, I did always two flat, fast running interval sessions. Uh, so that's what I'm going to try to do now and, and get some sprint orienteering in because I haven't done that much sprint. Like uh, for me, like forest orienteering comes quite naturally, but the sprint for me, usually at least, I need to get my routines in and, and do a lot of sprint training um, for, for me to get there. So, so that's what I'm going to do, uh, try to run some sprints. Yeah, and uh, as you said, you have got, got a lot of good matching uh, among your uh, mates in the Swedish national team. But uh, yep. first of all, uh, you you will uh, try to beat them all, all of them in uh, this uh, weekend's uh, Swedish uh, champs long distance. Uh, uh, will it be the sixth in a row for uh, Gustav Bergman when uh, we are writing uh, next Sunday evening? Uh, I hope so. We'll see. We'll see. It's it's tough. You know, it's. It's always when you got the streak going like that, like it's it's made to be broken sometime, because uh, I I can't just keep winning it like my whole career. That's totally impossible. But I I will do my best. We'll see. I hope so. Yeah, uh, we wish you good luck and thank you for having time to talk with us, uh, Gustav. And then the last part to go. Gustav Bergman there. Uh, he has uh, he has won so many uh, Swedish. Um, champs that he can't uh, count them uh, that that's uh, that's really something uh, but uh, when he can't uh, count them i need to do some journalistic work and uh, get a stat attack on you and uh, i've uh, done some research uh, the, this uh, morning and uh, and uh, what uh, what do you think uh, we ended in then how many Swedish champs gold medal do you think uh, Gustav have? And we include the relays. Yes, we include the relays, but it's only in elite class, not junior class. Or... Uh, no, it's uh, senior class. Yes. So then in the interview, you said six long distance titles. Uh, in the relays, he probably has two, maybe eight. Then he has one sprint. Let's say 10 a couple of night champs and a lot of middle distance. I'm going for, Gustav said between 15 and 20. I'm guessing 21. Oh, you are really good there. Uh, it's a really good uh, guess. Uh, I've um, I've uh, checked this and uh, it says that Gustav have um, 24 gold medals, 11 silver medals and 8 bronze medals, uh, including relay. Uh, but, 24, uh, that's a lot. That's a lot. That's a lot, but uh, there is, of course, a woman who has uh, more than that. Etuve. Yeah. Have you yes. counted hers as well? Yes. 
Uh, so she maybe she's a bit younger, so maybe she has yeah, but she's winning a lot every year. I guess twenty eight gold medals, twenty nine. Uh, thirty four. Oh shit, that's a lot. And uh, it's interesting because uh, she has thirty four gold medals and uh, four only four silver medals and one bronze medal. So she's winning the races here. Uh, that's uh, that's the truth. And uh, yeah, we have to uh, thank uh, Per Forsberg for uh, giving us uh, these facts. But uh, we have also uh, checked a bit uh, about um, how uh, the Swedes are standing up on the Norwegians. Because there are some collecting medals there also. Uh, and of course, uh, yeah, we c- you can guess uh, in the men's and women's class in Norway who has got most and uh, where are we standing there. I think Hauskin has the most. That's a good, uh, uh, good guess. So, but she has, yeah. How many can she have? Around thirty, maybe. Yeah. Oh, no, that's too many. Around thirty, yeah. Yeah, uh, it's uh, closer to forty than thirty. Thirty-seven gold medals. And yeah, and it's, uh, I, I don't think we are finished with that counting. Uh, yeah, we <laughs> no, will see in a few weeks' time. No, she needs to get uh, one more gold medal because uh, she is even with uh, Hannes Stoff. Uh, so, yeah. so then uh, she needs to take over the lead there uh, to get uh, one more. Uh, she got the bronze medal in the knockout sprint uh, this spring. So, yeah, she is, we are not uh, done with the counting there. But uh, in the men's class, uh, the winner is in your family. Yeah, I really should know this number but yeah can it be around 20 22 24 somewhere there oh it's uh, absolutely somewhere there but uh your uh your uh bigger brother is a bit bigger he's 25 so 25 yeah, yeah. but uh, yeah. then then we uh, and she is ahead of uh uh Tveita, rest in peace and uh, Bjorn of also in when we are talking about the gold medals Yes, but now we should jump back to the interview with Gustav uh, because, uh, yeah, he said uh, he mentioned the sprint result in Czech Republic where he was number two in the sprint there as a slight surprise for him. Uh, so what do we think about Gustav in the European champs? Yeah, Gustav, uh, uh, he, uh, we mentioned it in the, in the talk here. Um, he has medals from, uh, from uh, world champs last year. And the Europeans uh, the year before. Uh, There's a bit un, uh, unclear the sound now. I don't know what you're doing there, but uh, to uh, to help the listeners, uh, you need to be uh, more more into the better Wi-Fi. Uh, yeah, that's, I, I think, you know it's the <laughs> it's the it's neighbor that is vacuum cleaning. Okay, so. okay. <laughs> but yeah, it should be fine now. Yeah, but uh, I I think uh, Gustav he says uh, he's uh, switching his training, and uh, it's interesting that he's uh, so specific what he's doing, and he has su- succeeded with that uh, before. So I I think he can t- can be a contender for a medal in the sprint, and of course yeah. the sprint relay in uh, with the Swedish team. Yeah, first he has to qualify for the sprint relay team. That's not always so easy uh, in the Swedish team. Uh, but I think Gustav has shown. That the last few years that he has been able to to reach a higher running speed uh, for the flat sprint races, 
uh, in the forest he's always at a high running speed uh, but in in the sprint races he's been clearly faster the last two three years uh, and I think he's benefiting a lot from his very very smooth sprint technique uh, in the individual races uh, and that's why he's been winning medals even if there are guys that are maybe faster than him on just running park uh, but that also means that he's kind of struggling a bit in the knockout sprint uh, where it's more about the the absolute uh, physical part uh, and also why he's probably not as good in the sprint relay as he is in the individual sprint. Uh, I think we've seen that quite a lot of times now that yeah, he can be superb in individual sprint and then losing a bit of time, for example, to guys like Kibbutz uh, in, in the sprint relay. Uh, often the sprint relay is... Uh, the courses are often slightly easier um, and therefore I think Gustav Bergman's best chance uh, is individual sprint at European Champs uh, and maybe the Swedish team should go for someone with a bit higher running capacity like Jonathan Gustafsson, like Emil Svens, for example, in the sprint relay. Yeah, we are not uh, Ira Kaldalin and only or on Leo Spikes, who, who would uh, pick the team. But uh, Gustav uh, has used to be in the, in the sprint relay teams in uh, Sweden. Uh, but uh, yeah, we will see there uh, uh, what they will do. And about uh, sprints, uh, yeah, there is uh, coming up a uh, sprint event uh, this weekend also, a uh, high quality event uh, in uh, Belgium. Yeah, so the 2023 edition of the Antwerp Sprint Theory meeting will be held this weekend. Uh, it's, a, it's a lot of good runners on the start list. Uh, 115 men entered, uh, a bit over 70 women. Uh, of course, not everyone that you would expect being in the top of the, of the European champs in a few months' time. Uh, but there's a really, really good start list uh, and some really, really good names. Uh, that should put uh, these competitions at a very high standard. Um, the program, it's, uh, it's a bit of a mix. It starts with a night mixed sprint relay Friday evening, and then there's a knockout sprint on Saturday, and a normal world ranking event sprint on Sunday. Um, I think especially the, it will be interesting to see how the, the sprint, uh, the day after the knockout sprint, will affect, be affected by the knockout sprint. Uh, because if you're qualifying all the way to the final, uh, the knockout sprint day is insanely hard. Uh, we saw that last year in the World Championship, uh, that it seemed like guys that were doing really, really well in the, in the knockout sprint, they were struggling a bit uh, in, the, in the sprint uh, two days after. Or the day after, I don't quite remember, uh, especially on the men's side where it's a bit tighter. Um, so yeah, we will, it's a it's a great great uh, training weekend for runners with ambitions at the European Championship, and there are some very interesting names. Uh, about the knockout sprint, uh, the day uh, it was two days before. Uh, we we saw it uh, even clearer in the European Champs in Switzerland the year before. Uh, then it was knockout sprint uh, the day before the sprint. And uh, then it was uh, not so many of the, those guys who had uh, been running uh, more than the quarterfinal, who was up in the top in the in the sprint the day after. Yeah, knockout sprint. A knockout sprint is insanely hard when you have a qualification and then quarterfinal, semifinal, and final. And if I mean with warm up and cool down and the races, I mean you can reach twenty five kilometers and a lot of those kilometers at almost full speed. So. Yeah, it's, uh, I think it's really good to get 
a few of these races into your body before you're entering the the knockout sprint at European Champs. Uh, so yeah, it's uh, as I said, it's a it's a great training training weekend for for you guys with big ambitions at the European Champs. But I mean, you're talking about cooldown, uh, warm up and cooldown. Uh, I've not been in the quarantine, but I've heard from the national team coaches that uh, there are really a lot of uh, different tactics among the runners. Uh, how much and how they're doing in the warm up and cooldown sessions during a knockout sprint day. Uh, some are doing sprints and some are doing really long, or both of them, and some are doing really short. So. Yeah, I think yeah, it's good for the runners to have uh, such uh, yeah training competitions. Uh, could we call it that? Yeah, of course we can call it that. I mean, of course it's a competition, but for I think basically everyone that is going there has has European champs in mind. So this is a good way to test out yeah test out what your body can do. Uh, so with for example with warm up and cool down and stuff like that. Uh, who should we watch out for in uh, this? Uh... Awesome, then. Is, uh, we mentioned that Emma Biesmo is running here instead of the Swedish champs long distance. Yeah, so we, we can pick three, three interesting runners to watch in, for both women and men. So if we start with, we can take Emma Biesmo. Uh, she was in the Swedish World Champs team last year. I think she was in the top six at the World Cup sprint in Budros. Uh, clearly at a very high level in the sprint races. She was just outside the top 10 in Czech Republic. Uh, last week, uh, so she's a good sprinter. Uh, the Swiss Ellen Gempele was in the top 10 at world champs last year, very, very good sprinter, sprint specialist, former junior world champion, and all that. One of the yeah, one of the girls that should be able to challenge for a medal in European champs in two months' time. Uh, and then the Norwegian girl Victoria Hester Bjornstad is, is a very good knockout sprinter. Uh, so maybe, in, especially in the knockout sprint, uh, I expect to see her very high up. Yeah, it's uh, it's interesting um, to see now uh, who are doing the job to be good in sprint and uh, who will we have some marks in the in the names behind uh, in the men's class. Yeah, so here I picked two of the guys that are clearly among the best sprinters in the world. Uh, Yannick Michels, home ground in Belgium. Uh, Tim Robertson, uh, and then I picked out the junior world champion Ansem Reichenbach as the last guy. It will be interesting to see how good he can stand out uh, against the elite runners here. As we didn't mention him ahead of the J-Walk, we need to mention him every time uh, now. <laughs> yeah, just to be sure. Just yeah, to be sure. Be, be sure. Uh, yeah, from, um, from sprint in Belgium to... Uh, Night orienteering in Norway. Uh, night talk uh, is also this weekend. Yeah, uh, it's the eleventh year or something with night talk, and unfortunately, the relay has not been able to live up to the very very promising start. Uh, the first two three years, it was uh, a lot of teams uh, and with very high level. Uh, it feels like the last five years, the competition has been more more of a youth relay and then they have a elite class or elite classes uh, yeah elite class with the limited participants and so also this year in the men's class there's only 18 teams entered in the women's class it's 14 teams so yeah very very far away from uh, how it was 10 years ago uh, but still uh, we can expect the good quality of the of the races uh, the terrain looks interesting 
and we hopefully we will get some good fight, especially in the men's class where there is no standout team. Um, I think we can expect a good battle between the reigning champions Uppsal. Uh, Nydalen will have a good team. Tyrving should have a decent team, and then also Entenui and Halden are entered. So I'm not sure what teams they are coming with, uh, but hopefully we can see. Yeah, some kind of a battle here at least. Uh, in the women's class, Nidan will probably have the two best teams. So I hope they go with uh, even teams so at least we get a fight between Nidan 1 and Nidan 2. Um, because otherwise, I think it can be 15 minutes from Nidan 1 to Nidan 2, 2 and then maybe 15 minutes down to the next team. But again, Halden might have an interesting team and I'm not sure what Anthony will come with. So if we are lucky, we will see some battle here as well. But yeah, I don't have two. Two high hopes of uh, interesting relay, actually. Um, and this is uh, in uh, Fatsun, uh, just outside Oslo, where it will take place. Uh, uh, you mentioned uh, 10 or 11 years uh, the history of Nighthawk. Uh, I remember the first time uh, it was actually Lundones taking it home for uh, us and that time. Yeah, that was uh, that was a fun day, a fun, a fun weekend. And then, I mean... Yeah, in in the first years there was a lot of good teams. Uh, Turi Metzenkevi used to come with a good team. Uh, Yala was always there with a good team. They won in 2014, the second year, and then Halden won the third year in a team with the, they had both uh, Magne Dali, Olav Lundanes, Fredrik Portin. So really, really high class. Um, unfortunately, it's not uh, it's not the same anymore. Uh, no, uh, nothing is uh, in the good old times. Uh... But uh, what you know for sure is that uh, even National Orienteering Podcast will uh, come back uh, next week. Uh, and then we will uh, recap the Swedish long uh, distance champs and look forward to middle and relay in uh, Sweden. And, and then uh, there is also European University Orienteering Champs. It will be exciting to see who will take part there. Is there something more to tell, uh, tell before we are uh, ending this episode, Ivan? No, I think uh, I think that's all for this week, and then see you again next week. Bye bye. Bye. Oh, mannen dro ut och löp orientering med kart och kompass och med riktiga sko. Sikta sågar ett det bästa notering för kroppen var lätt och god. Ivor National Orienteering Podcast. Mapping compass, navigation skill, orienteering competition. I'm so mad, no, I'm Running like a motherfucker. Ivor National Orienteering Podcast.